Taiwan announced 29 new domestic cases on Friday, setting a new single-day high since the outbreak of COVID. Two of the cases were diagnosed late Thursday at Taipei City Hospital's Heping branch. So far, authorities have not been able to link the cases to any of the recent cluster infections. 16 of the new cases are linked to a cluster detected this week in a red-light district in Wanhua, Taipei. Twenty-nine local cases were added to the tally Friday. Sixteen were connected to Wanhua's tea parlors. There are lots of fires that are burning quite hot. Wanhua is one such place, and it's got lots of small flames. But this was all to be expected. The most important thing at this moment is to find all those who have been infected, to find them quickly, and to quarantine them. Just after the outbreak, 172 establishments in Wanhua's red light district were asked to close temporarily. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe says that starting at 12.01 a.m. Saturday, the order will expand to other Taipei facilities, including all businesses related to adult entertainment. Starting Saturday, we'll close down all public facilities in Taipei and other venues too, including those of the so-called eight special industries. Of course, that also means the 172 bars and tea parlors will continue to be closed. You might ask when business will be allowed to resume. I think that depends on how the epidemic develops. The CECC gave an update on Case 1203, a former president of Alliance Club chapter in New Taipei. He's been the source of several cluster infections. On Friday, the CECC added five more infected people to his chain of transmission. We now have cases 1264, 1271, 1275, and 1276. There's actually another case connected to them, case 1289. This case was not detected in Taipei, but in Kaohsiung. Case 1289, a woman in her 30s, is the first local case reported from southern Taiwan. She is asymptomatic and had paid for a test out of pocket when her father, a Lions Club member, tested positive in New Taipei. Authorities say that her father, Case 1229, had falsely stated that she was abroad and may be subject to fines for untruthful reporting. If those are the circumstances, then the situation meets the conditions for issuing a fine. Among the domestic cases reported on Friday, seven have not yet been connected to any of the major cluster infections. We have not yet been able to make the connection. There are still areas of doubt, so we're stating that the link is undetermined and requires further investigation. One such case is a ninth grader in Banqiao, New Taipei. The freshman class had a confirmed case. The school has suspended classes and all freshmen in the class are in quarantine. Of course, all confirmed cases are sent to the hospital. Classes in the same grade have been suspended and students have been quarantined. The CECC urged the public not to panic as it investigates the new unconnected cases. It said the students have entered quarantine and will take their high school entrance exams at a postponed date. The mayor of Taipei and the health minister held an emergency meeting on Friday to form containment measures for the COVID outbreak in the capital. After the meeting, they announced that free COVID testing will be available in and around Wanhua, the epicenter of a recent cluster infection. Those with COVID symptoms are encouraged to get tested, even if they're an undocumented migrant worker. Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said workers without valid documents will have amnesty at test sites and will not be subject to fines or deportation.
Ke is waiting by the elevator as Health Minister Chen Shizhong steps out and greets the mayor with a salute. This is Chen's first time visiting Taipei City Hall, and he's here to talk strategy over an outbreak at Heping Hospital. After a one-hour meeting, the city mayor and CECC commander took the elevator down to the basement to announce new COVID precautions at a joint press conference. We have communicated with local experts and Taipei city officials over the issue. We will still use our collective past experience to fight the outbreak together and reduce the risk to zero. Our two sides were able to reach a consensus during our discussion. This pertains to anyone who's been an employee or customers of Wanhua District's tea parlor since April 15th. Anyone who sought medical care or purchased medication in Wanhua for a fever and upper respiratory tract symptoms. Rapid testing clinics are available at Zhongxing Hospital, Heping Hospital and West Garden Hospital. These clinics are already set up. We'll be adding another quick screening station at Wanhua's Bo Pi Liao at the recommendation of the Central Epidemic Command Center. Four rapid test stations will be up in and around Wanhua for use by the workers and customers of the district's tea parlors. Wanhua residents with COVID symptoms can also get tested. Eligible persons include the homeless as well as undocumented migrant workers who will not be prosecuted for coming forward. There are currently more than 50,000 migrant workers without documentation. Anyone who presents themselves for testing or medical care will be granted amnesty. Many such migrant workers fear being arrested if they come forward. Today, for the purposes of combating the epidemic, we're granting amnesty. You won't be sent back to your country just for going to see a doctor. That won't happen. Over at Hubbing Hospital, disinfection is underway. It's a scene grimly reminiscent of the 2003 SARS outbreak that prompted a lockdown at the hospital. Of course, there are reasons for initiating a lockdown. In circumstances that spiral out of control, lockdowns are a last resort. But Hoping Hospital currently is not in such a circumstance. Yesterday, many of the medical workers identified as high risk were sent to designated COVID-19 hospitals. This morning, another group went. These medical workers have been situated one to a room. They have not been locked up in one place and left to fend for themselves. So that's been an improvement. The CECC and the Taipei City Government announced countermeasures for Hoping Hospital's outbreak. For now, no patients will be admitted or released at hospital wards where there's a confirmed COVID case. Contact tracing will be widened at the hospital and immediate testing arranged for personnel and patients. Outpatient and emergency services will be scaled back and their premises disinfected. In addition, the hospital will not be admitting COVID patients or suspected COVID patients to prevent further spread of the epidemic. The presidential office building underwent a thorough disinfection on Friday after one of its employees was placed in home isolation. Two family members of this employee were identified as close contacts of an infected person, a former president of Alliance Club chapter in New Taipei. The presidential office employee who had come into contact with these family members was asked to self-isolate as a precaution. Let's hear from the presidential office. Today, this employee is on leave, undergoing home isolation. President Tsai and Vice President Lai, as well as all the people who attended yesterday afternoon's national security meeting at the presidential office, have had no contact with this employee. They do not move in the same areas of the presidential office as this employee, so I ask you all not to worry. 
The presidential office said it has response protocols in place for the event of an employee being diagnosed with COVID. In response to an outbreak, the office may take steps like implementing rotating shifts and setting up off-site offices. 400 people completed quarantine on Friday, two weeks after being sent to centralized facilities due to the Novotel Hotel outbreak. This group includes hotel staff, flight crew and other guests who were at the hotel when the outbreak was found. The Taoyuan city government has kept the hotel closed since it was vacated on April 29th. But now that Novotel staff is out of quarantine and ready to work, the city plans to turn the hotel into a quarantine center for airline workers. In the early morning hours of Friday, three large tour buses pulled up at this quarantine station on Yangmingshan. Several private vehicles also entered, with people picking up loved ones who were quarantined 14 days earlier due to the Novotel outbreak. At a quarantine facility in Linko, too, buses were streaming in nonstop. People coming out of quarantine could be seen with their luggage in tow. On April 29th, the CECC called for the Novotel to be vacated. The hotel's 207 staff members, 109 China Airlines pilots, 76 foreign pilots, and 20 regular guests, a total of 412 people, were sent to six centralized quarantine facilities. Donning protective clothing, quarantine staff administered PCR and blood tests to the group and vaccinated those who requested it. Those who tested negative for COVID were allowed to board buses, private cars, or quarantine taxis and leave the facility. On Friday, 33 chemical warfare troops entered the Novotel Hotel in protective gear to sanitize the site from top to bottom. They left no stone unturned, spraying every surface in the hotel, while a specialized vehicle from the EPA sprayed the outside perimeter. After the sanitizing is done, we still need to investigate how people moved about the hotel and how things like the quarantine were handled. In the future, China Airlines and foreign airlines will need to use the hotel again, so I think there needs to be a high standard in place. Only after we investigate can it be put back into use. The Taiyuan city government is prepared for the challenge ahead. Now that the airline's crew have completed quarantine and have not had contact with the community for 14 days, they are ready to go back to work. However, in the future, they will need to quarantine for 14 days every time they return to Taiwan. It remains to be determined how the central and local governments will arrange this and when the Novotel Hotel will be reopened for use by crew. Thai Power says it will compensate the 4.1 million customers who lost power on Thursday after a grid malfunction in Kaohsiung. It's decided to offer about 470 million NT in total, which will be deducted directly from customers' electricity bills. An investigation is underway to determine responsibility in the accident. The stoplights are dark at this busy intersection and police are on scene directing traffic. Early Thursday afternoon, four generators went down at Thai Power's Xingda power plant, triggering outages nationwide and confusion on the streets. At the time, I was waiting for the light to turn red. The traffic snarled up a bit, like you couldn't tell who should go first. I was afraid there would be an accident. According to Thai Power, a bus had failed at its ultra-high-voltage substation in Kaohsiung's Luju district. A bus functions like an extension cord that transmits electricity generated by a power plant. When the bus failed, transmission failed, initiating a national blackout. 
The failure of the bus of the ultra-high voltage substation caused problems with voltage transmission. We will strengthen our inspections of the grid to prevent similar situations in the future. Thai Power said it launched emergency repairs and blackouts on a rolling basis. In each round of power cuts, some 1.3 to 2.3 million households were affected. After five rounds of outages, the power supply was finally restored. Thursday's incident affected an estimated 4 million customers who each lost power an average of 2.5 times. It affected about 4 million customers. Of course, power outages are an inconvenience, and Thai Power is deeply sorry. Regarding the power cut compensation, we're drawing up a plan as we speak. It will be reflected directly on your electricity bill. The last time Taiwan had a major blackout was August 15, 2017, when power cut out for six hours, affecting 5.92 million customers. Thursday's outage lasted five hours and affected four million customers. In 2017, Thai Power paid 360 million NT in compensation. In the future, whether on the power supply side or the grid side, we will strive for perfection. We will marshal all the resources and manpower at our disposal to bolster the system. As for what caused the bus failure, the Economics Ministry and Thai Power have launched a review to clarify responsibility. Officials say the results will be released as soon as possible and that those responsible will be held accountable. Taiwan's F-16 fighter jets are making their way back from the U.S. after being upgraded at Arizona's Luke Air Force Base under the Rising Phoenix program. According to eyewitnesses in Hualien, six of the upgraded jets arrived at Hualien Air Base around 3 p.m. Thursday. After these jets complete inspection, they'll be sent to the Qingchenggang Air Force Base in Taichung for more upgrades. The six jets will be retrofitted by the Aero Space Industrial Development Corporation so that they meet F-16V specifications. Almost 50,000 college students will defer their graduation this year, an all-time record high according to the latest government figures. That means almost 1 in 20 students are choosing to stay at college longer than average. At National Taiwan University, the proportion rises to 1 in 3 students postponing their graduation. Experts say the pandemic as well as changing trends in education may both be factors. It's the June graduation season in just a month, and the latest statistics show that this year almost 50,000 students are deferring graduation across the country, a new all-time record. Postponement of graduation is a slowly growing trend. This year, 5% of students are making that choice, including these individuals, who talk to us about why. I had a Ministry of Education scholarship to go abroad, but I can't do that now because of the pandemic, so I want to defer graduation and see whether the pandemic will end. I also haven't completed some courses in cross-disciplinary classes. I personally know almost 10 students who are deferring graduation. We asked if their parents had anything to say about the situation. No, they're fine with it. I think it's pretty normal. It means there's something we want to do, like a minor course or a double major. We can all study more. At National Taiwan Normal University, we have almost 600 students on exchange programs abroad. Double major and minors are completed through registration. We also encourage students to take interdisciplinary courses, which always have more mandatory credits than single-subject courses. 
Taiwan is facing a labor shortage, but many students are putting off joining the job market, which might mean labor will get even more precious in the coming years. The banquet industry is once more bearing the brunt of the pandemic. Across the country, large-scale events are being shut down to prevent the spread of COVID. That means the weddings are off. Couples and families are missing their big day, and wedding industry professionals are missing their work. A hairdresser styles the customer's hair. The pandemic has hit the salon's profits, she says. But even more disappointing is the fact that her wedding has been postponed again. We wanted to get married in October, but had to postpone it to this year. In the last few days, we realized the pandemic was getting worse again, so we again postponed our wedding from the Sunday. Now we're going around telling everyone, doing it with their safety in mind. Pandemic restrictions have gotten tighter all across the country in recent days. Many events have been canceled to prevent large groups gathering, and weddings are no exception. This Jilong bride-to-be has canceled her once-in-a-lifetime banquet. It's going to be almost 30 tables. We'll hold off until the government says we can hold weddings normally again. For the banquet industry, it's a tsunami of cancellations. Their halls are empty. In booking ledgers, once full seating plans have all been rubbed out. This business owner has had hundreds of tables cancelled or deferred. We've had about 500 tables cancelled or postponed from bookings in May and June. When the pandemic began last year, we must have had over 1,000 tables cancelled from New Year banquets, group events and weddings. That's an awful lot of losses to handle in just one year. The banquet industry is not having an easy pandemic. With the pandemic rearing its ugly head in Taiwan, there's been an increase in online orders. Carrefour's online orders have tripled and iMai's online orders have quadrupled. Now, one pastry shop has launched a cake delivery service to reach the stay-at-home demographic. Our very own Stephanie Yang has the details. Due to the pandemic, this pastry shop has stopped allowing customers to eat their pastries in the shop. Instead, they're now offering a delivery service so that customers can have their orders sent directly to their home. Many weddings have been canceled or postponed due to the pandemic. With the pandemic on the rise in Taiwan, this pastry shop has launched a cake delivery service as a safer way to make purchases. Instead of enjoying pastries in the shop, customers can have them sent directly to their homes. In response to the pandemic, we are allowing customers to make online appointments so that they can come in and see the cakes and sample them. They can also pay for cakes online. Before the end of June, we will also provide a home delivery service. We hope that newlyweds can safely notify others about their wedding. In terms of our physical stores, we are temporarily suspending our tea service. The shop says that due to the pandemic, they've seen an increase in online orders since 2020. The pandemic began last year and the online growth rate last year was relatively fast. The online growth rate was about 30 percent. Recent growth rate has been about 10 percent. There has been a rise in online orders at hypermarkets in Taiwan. Carefor's online orders have doubled. In the past two days, IMI's online orders have grown four to five times in number. Physical stores have also seen an increase in customers buying personal protective equipment. Today, depending on the situation, we will send as much manpower as possible and invite manufacturers to restock. Masks, alcohol, and products such as wet wipes, hand sanitizer, and bleach were popular items yesterday. Our stock is very much sufficient to meet demand, so we call on customers not to panic buy. 
the manufacturers also have plenty of stock. With the pandemic still raging in Taiwan, online orders are surging. Businesses are shifting their business models online to cater to the shop-at-home customer base. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Lu Bochong in Taipei.